MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We continue the Lombardi line here on VEASAN, presented by BetMGM. And, of course, once I find my paper, Stephen Bond, that's on me. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in Nevada. Please get responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-522-4700 we continue our number two of the Lombardi line here on Vston and Michael that's that's what I call uh that's the host error that's not on Stephen Bond that's on me because in the break as I told you I look up and I see Michael Irvin on my TV screen, and then I start pontificating. What, what game are they showing on, they, on NFL Network? They're just showing – I don't know if it's like a Cowboy game. Look, it's, it's the 4th of July weekend. It's America's team. I get it. They're looking for ratings, Michael. This is how you do it, right? So uh, I look well, up yeah. and I see Michael Irvin, and I start to go into one of my more outlandish statements that I've said for the last 30 years. And I know that the, the, I could have this stricken from the record at any time. But as, as much as great as Jerry Rice is, was, and he's the GOAT, and I understand that of receivers, there's something about Michael Irvin and the intangibles that he brought to a team that could have won four in a row but won three of four back in the early 90s 
There's nobody that, as a fan and as just a, a viewer of football that I saw as contagious a, a player and personality, as infectious a personality as he was in those championship teams. So I, I am drawn to personalities like that. And I know he's a, a fallible individual away from the, uh, the field during his playing days, but Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, those guys would be the first ones to tell you he was the last one to leave practice and the first one to arrive. And nobody worked harder at his craft than Michael Irvin. And so I don't know what it is, Michael, but I'm sure you've been around people like that throughout your career when you win Super Bowls. But you need those type of people in the building, and those are intangibles because he was not the most gifted receiver in the world, but he might have been the most uh, hardworking and, and, and dedicated. You know, I, I think that's so true about Michael. You know, I, in my experience with Michael, I worked with him at NFL Network for an extended period of time, and he's got a, a infectious personality. But what I, the first time I met Michael was in 1987 when I was working for the Cleveland Browns, and I had this what we call the box. And what it was was a mechanical machine that measured electronically. We timed players in five exercises on a hardwood floor. And we would measure their lateral quickness, their change of direction, their balance. And it was all electrically timed. And so we always wanted to try to get these players to do this test because we could have some form of some form of, of equation to equate one to another from different draft classes. So, you know, most of the star players, you know, they once they worked out the combine, they didn't want to work out. So I called Michael Irvin on the phone and I said, hey, Michael, I'm Marty Schottenheimer of the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to personally come down and work you out. Now, remember, this is 87. Wow. So there's no there's no cell phones. There's no Internet. There's no you know, there's no call. <laughs> caller ID. There's none of this, right? So yeah, coach, I'll be ready. I'll be ready to go. So a week later, I show up with my box and I'm at the campus of the University of Miami in their indoor facility down there, which is a rec center. And he walks over and says, where's Marty? And I said, Marty couldn't make it, but he wants me to do this drill. I ain't doing that drill without Marty here. I said, okay, no worries. Don't do it. So he goes over to the side and starts playing hoops with his buddies from the team. And I set up my little shop over here and I start working out some of the other players and he keeps peeking over <laughs> and he keeps peeking over more. And finally about a half hour, he walks over and says, you know, he doesn't even know my name, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. What do you want me to do? And so I explained it to him and he does it and he does it. Now what Michael Irvin had, you know, wasn't, Great speed. Right. What he had was great balance. What he had was great eye-hand coordination. What he had was lateral change of direction. And it all shows up. And what he had the most beyond and what you resonated to was the example that I just cited was he had incredible competitiveness. Mm -hmm. Like as much as he didn't want to do the drill, as much as he wanted to be a diva, he wasn't going to let those other guys be better than him. I, look, I know that it's a tangent uh, because that's why I missed that read at the top of the hour because I was distracted. But you know this, Michael. I've been in locker rooms, but I have not been in a position where you have. And, and I know that what we do, we're, we're very analytically driven, and we look at numbers, and we're trying to find you angles to win your wager, certainly on an NFL Sunday. But to win at that level, like you did in those front offices, you need Michael Irvins. Yes, he was a great talent. But he was not fast. He was not overly fast. He wasn't Randy Moss out there. Jerry worked his butt off. And I'm not taking anything away from Jerry Rice in San Francisco because we know how legendary his work ethic was as well. But I think people forget in this day and age when they just look at measurables 
and they don't talk to the players that they're drafting. And this is why, again, getting back to the Eagles and their draft, and I think why people are very high on them. You've got to have that dog in you. You've got to have that killer in you on the football field. And that's what Michael Irvin was. He wasn't going to be your friend. He was going to box you out, and they had to switch rules because Michael Irvin was that physical receiver. But, Michael, those are the guys I want on my football team to help me go win a championship. And I don't – do they still evaluate the way you did back then instead of just looking at measurables, instead of talking to the kids, going out there, maybe seeing them play hoop and see that competitive spirit? I think they, you know, we all try to do it. It's the hardest thing to evaluate is the heart, right? The hardest thing to evaluate is the heart. And let's be clear here. You know, when, when Michael, when Jimmy came in, he inherited Michael. Mm-hmm. You know, he had him at Miami and he inherited him. And so it wasn't like he went to a winning team. You know, he was, I think, the last draft pick of the, of the yes, Gil Brandt era. And, and Tom Landry era. But, you know, and they were, they were thinking about maybe trading him as one of the few assets that they actually had on the team. Partly because they weren't sure he could be win on the outside because he didn't have great speed. But he had that great ability. I mean, we often lose sight of what, what, what makes sometimes great receivers isn't always their rare speed. It's their rare balance and their ability to be in traffic. I mean, Deshaun, uh, the, the, DeAndre Hopkins never separates from anybody. DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins is always covered. Now, where DeAndre Hopkins is tremendous and at an elite level is he has elite balance and elite hands. And he pushes off better than anybody. And he always comes down with the ball in a 50-50 situation. And so because he's able to do that, you know, we think. Now, against zone, it's easy. He's going to catch everything and run with it. Against man-to-man, he's going to be covered. So for me, I just think Michael's competitiveness, which Hopkins has too, adds another layer to something that's so important. Next segment, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, what you talk about in the GM shuffle, some of these red chip, blue chip safeties. And we're going to get into some of that criteria in the next segment. But I want to extrapolate on this because I find it fascinating. And Mike Pritchard, who we have on the Lombardi line here, first round pick. You know, just when you talk to Mike about football acumen and, you know, how intense he was to, to, to have success in, in the next level when he got out of Colorado, he would tell me stories, Michael, about Andre Risen and Deion Sanders at practice. And it's part of what made Deion Sanders arguably the best corner in the NFL. It wasn't just the measurables, but it's like, I'll fight you at practice, right? And we know Michael Irvin would do that as well in Dallas. Do we still have that, or as we've talked about with the way the rules have changed a little bit, and where I don't want to, it's not as a soft league, but it's a softer league. It's a kinder, gentler practice arena. So you don't get the same things that you had, as we talked about, with Oklahoma drills and the physicality that's kind of bred in practice that leads over and translates into games. Is that a tangible difference from, say, Pritch's era to where we are today? Well, I think competitive players are competitive, right? And I think that if you get – when your best player is competitive, unlike Amari Cooper, who's not. Right. And and it's just fair to say it. He's just not the most overly – he's the most talented player. He's just not the most overly competitive player. And so when your best player isn't the most competitive, then you don't have a very good chance. Cooper Cup is a really good player who happens to be an elite competitor. And McVay's able to get him the ball in a way, and the kid competes and tries to get better every day. Now you're getting somewhere as a team. Because unlike what Philadelphia Eagles believe, is you got to practice to be good. you got to be pra- you got to practice over and over and over again. You know, I mean, you can't just wing this. You just can't go out to the U.S. Open and say, I haven't played in six months, but I'll be fine because I'm healthy. Right. you got to practice. 
you got to practice. And I think that competitiveness in practice, Belichick talks about this all the time. Practice execution becomes game reality. And so when you practice at a high level, especially in football, and you're competing at a high level, especially in football, that'll translate to the games. We only get 17 of them. You know, it is fascinating. Again, I think when you evaluate teams and you do it better than most, I mean, that's what you're looking for. Because, again, I told you about Albert Hainsworth in Washington, D.C. I covered his very first practice, and he was walking off the field, and he was miserable. He didn't like the practice. And back then – He didn't then, like football. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, didn't, yeah, he was the highest Football paid. was a means to an end. Yes. He was a dominant player. I and mean, he was he the highest be, paid he player. He could have been great. Yeah, he was the highest paid defensive player at that time in the history of the NFL. And, Michael, he didn't want to be in the practice field. Well, he, you know, and he could have he could have been a Hall of Fame player. I mean, he could dominate a game. I mean, he could literally dominate a game if he wanted to, but he didn't want to. It wasn't important to him. And the more he got paid, the less he was interested. See, this is where you get into problems. This is why when you started this by talking about character, this is why character is so important to evaluate is, is the money going to affect the player? Right. You know, that's why when we look at, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, if you took a chance at him on Cleveland, his career's in balance. Baker Mayfield, his career's in balance. you got to do something. You know, they've got to prove it. And prove it players are always, especially if they're competitive, which Garoppolo is, and so is Mayfield, they're going to have their best years because they have to. I, I think it's a fascinating breakdown and, and part of the reason why the Rams did win the Super Bowl last year. You, you nailed it with Cooper Cup. That feels like Michael Irvin, you know, you've got God-given ability, that's for sure. Then you add that competitive drive to it, then you get elite seasons like you got yep. out of Cooper Cup and certainly the Cowboys got back in the day. Thanks for uh, going down the narrative street with me because I do find it fascinating to evaluate and, and that's what you did so well for so long in the NFL. Speaking of evaluations, we're going to evaluate those safeties with Michael when we come back right here on the Lombardi Line on the in the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all of the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. Going to have Thomas Gable join us from the Borgata here in the next segment. But, Michael, I did want to get to what you do on the GM Shuffle. And it's red chip, blue chip. And we're going to look at safeties here. But before we look at the, the names that you have associated with red chippers, we'll do the blue chippers tomorrow. Give the criteria for the people out there watching and listening to what exactly qual- qualifies as a red chip or a blue chip player. Well, I mean, what you have to be able to do in any time you are grading players and you're putting a numerical number on a player, which is you have to in terms of the draft or in, you know, in terms of grading the NFL players, you have to have a criteria that that the player must meet. So to be a blue chip player, Mm -hmm. you know, in the verbiage that when we were together in Cleveland, Coach Belichick and I kind of developed a grading system that we would say a blue chip is a player that demonstrates rare abilities, can create mismatches that have obvious impact on the game. And he's a premier player in the league, and no one can take him out of the game, meaning that he doesn't disappear, okay? Mm -hmm. That when the game is on the line, he plays well. He has, you know, he's not a player that you lose sight of, and he impacts winning and losing. 
Okay, mm. so that's a blue chip. The red chip would be just the low. So basically, what we're saying is the top five players at the position are blue chips, or the top five graded players at the position are blue chip, and the top five, second five are red chips. Now, what you try to do as a team is collect as many blue chips and red chip players as you possibly can. The formula to winning a Super Bowl in the NFL is is not really complicated. It's have as many blue chips and red chips on offensive and defensive line as you can and have a blue chip quarterback. It's a hard thing to do, but it's not complicated, right? <laughs> right. This, this everybody there. wants the blue chip, everybody wants the blue chip receiver, but they forget about the blue chip. I mean, you signed Terry McLaurin with the Washington Redskins and your offensive line doesn't have a blue or a red chip player in it. Mm. And that's okay? that's that's so, the, that's the dilemma, right? You got to be able to match right. this and if you can't, sure you could have a blue chipper, but if you don't have a blue chipper getting him the ball, or at least a red chip, you're going to have a tough way, you're going to struggle. Well, just evidenced by the percentage of catches that that McLaurin gets because nobody can get him the football and to highlight his skill set. So what you try to do is, you, and you want to be strong down the middle of the field, right? And even more so now than ever. Because in the, there was a time where defensive ends were so important to setting up your team. But today, because the quarterbacks get rid of the ball so quickly, because the, the, there's hard, because of shotgun and it's hard to get there, pressure inside, what I call getting into the paint, which means if you take the outside shoulders of both guards – and you just draw a line straight back five yards and then draw a line across to connect them like you would a free throw uh, lane, okay? Mm -hmm. That's called the paint, like it's called in basketball. Right. To stop great quarterbacks, you got to get in the paint. That's a, it's a great Because way when to you're like in, in Dockway or some of these other guys who rush, who get sacks, but they run past the quarterback, quarterbacks step up. They don't have a problem with guys coming off edges anymore. They step up and move out. They step up and move the other way. But what bothers them more than anything is when they can't step up. Yeah. I, when you, they can't step and work the pocket. You've made that. I think it's a great salient point in D.C. about Chase Young that it kind of leads the league in running past the quarterback. And you, you got to be able to have a, an inside move to get that inside pressure. Sometimes it can't always be the same thing where you're just you're going on an outside lane because you're literally giving the, the quarterback a lane to step up. Let's get to some of your red chip safeties that you have, speaking of trying to defend those quarterbacks and maybe that middle of the field. Because this is such a hard position for me as, as a fan slash media member to evaluate. And I, and I know you do a great job of doing just that at this position because I think people look at safeties and go, well, they really aren't as important as say corners and or uh, edge edge linemen. Like we just talked about, you got Jeremy chip at the top of the red chippers. And it's a fascinating list here as we'll go down uh, one by one, Antoine Winfield, Jr. Buda Baker out there in Arizona, Harrison Smith at Minnesota, and then Javon Holland at, at Miami. Tell me what separates these five and where you start off with Jeremy Chin. Cause one thing I do know is I hear his name called a lot for making plays. Well, he makes a lot of tackles. That's one, you know, and he's around the football. That's two. And he can play on all three levels of the defense. So what you really need to do to be a great safety is you be, have to be able to play on level one. What's level one? Level one is where the quarterback sets up. That means you're blitzing. You're attacking the pocket. you got to be able to play well on level two, which is down in the box where the linebackers reside or out in the slot. Okay? You've got to be able to play there. And then you've got to be able to make plays on the deep part of the field. That's level three. So you've got to be three-dimensional. And you've got to be able to have range and instincts. I mean, if you can think of the play that Devin McCourty made in the Super Bowl oh. when 
I think it was Brandon Cooks was wide open yeah, in the Jared end zone. Goff. And Goff took a – and McCourty came running around and tackled him. You know, like a great center fielder catches a – tracks down a, a hit in the alley. That, that's what you need. And how many passes do you defend during the season? That's important. Now, Holland was sensational. I think he had 10 passes defended during the year, makes a lot of tackles. He didn't – and it's just, he's a rookie. He's only going to get better. And I thought he had a sensational year. I think Harrison Smith's a player on the decline, but he's still an effective guy, can still tackle. He's a very effective blitzer. He disguises coverage well, and he's able to get the defense communicated. This is another job the safeties have to do well, is communicate the defense and understand what the calls are and make sure everybody's in alignment. You know, Buda Baker has got skill to cover in the slot. He was a corner at one time. He can go cover. Winfield, to me, is an undersized player, but he does a lot of things really well. He can cover the slot. He tackles. He never looks in a mirror. He doesn't realize how small he is. <laughs> and so he's able to make plays on the ball. You know, other guys I considered, I think Duger's a really good player. I think he's close to being a red chip right there in, in New England. I think he's really good. You know, Mathau, I think, is declining. I think he lined up the defense well, doesn't make as a lot of plays. A player like like Tracy Walker at Detroit, who's outstanding, right? Tracy Walker's really good, but he plays on Detroit, and he's in a lot of bad positions. Jesse Bates, the franchise player from the Bengals, you know, one interception, doesn't make a lot of plays on the ball, but is a good tackler. One thing about playing great safety, having great safety plays, you don't give up long plays. You don't right. give up long, long runs. You know, you've got to be able to tackle in a one-on-one situation. You talk about, like, say, Harrison Smith, who's declining, obviously, because of age, but he's still cerebral enough to know where he's supposed to be and get everybody else where they're supposed to be. You know, I look at Eric Weddle. They called him up off the couch, and he ended up winning a chip with the Rams. I mean, that that's just – I don't even know if people realize – how ridiculous that is. But is that what you're talking about here, Michael, where guys like, say, an Eric Weddle, that literally you call off the couch because you know he knows, even if physically he can't still do the same things, mentally he knows exactly where he's supposed to be. Well, what I think fans don't understand, and we don't get this on Sunday from the announcers, is the defense never calls one thing. The defense never calls one thing. They never say we're going to play flip cover two. They never say that. I mean, they say that, but there's five multiple checks within that coverage. And somebody's got to communicate that to the other 10 guys. And if you don't, what happens? You give up a free access touchdown. I thought we were playing too bad. No, we're playing. No, we're playing. Give up a play. Mm. The communication has to be precise. It has to be precise. And safeties have to be able to do it because they're in the middle of the field and they can. And you've got to be smart. And Weddle was really smart. Now, Weddle was an undersized guy, but he tackled well. And he was smart. And he got everybody lined up. And he played well. I mean, this is what Mathau does. Mathau played corner at LSU. And they kicked him inside because he could tackle. Look, Micah Hyde, who's a really good player. We'll talk about him tomorrow. Jordan Poyer is a really good player. We'll talk about him tomorrow. They both play corner in college. They kick inside. The more you're able to play horizontally and vertically within the defensive front framework, you become a better player. And you also have to have intelligence. Because when the offense – why does the offense shift and move? The offense shifts and moves to create confusion. They're trying to create you to make a bad call. Your run force isn't right if I do this. Or you don't call the run force and now all of a sudden, you know, the defense thinks they have a guy containing inside out and he's not there, 25-yard run. This is why it's so important, and everybody needs to know what to do. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, we have Brian McFadden, you know, my buddy on from the, the Steelers and won two Super Bowls there. He would tell me stories about Troy Palomalu in, in Pittsburgh with their defense, right? And it's almost like BMAC knew exactly where he was supposed to be as a corner because he knew that Palomalu is going to be doing his job and getting everybody else in the right spots there at, at the safety position. I know it feels like by the draft, Michael, very quickly, that they value corners much more. At least that's the way they're drafted versus safeties. Does this position ever come back to prominence or will it always be corner first, safety? second well I think if you got a real rare coverage ability at safety and range and you make plays on the football I mean you've got to be able to pass is defended is critical you've got to be able to get your hands on balls I mean if you're not getting your hands on the football you're not really you're not making plays you know anybody can play center field you know the the best center fielders don't have errors they they, they have errors because they're getting to more balls right. the worst center fielders have no errors because they don't get to any balls no right you got to have range it's exactly right wow fascinating conversation we'll continue that tomorrow with your blue chip safeties and also check it out on the gm shuffle when we come back thomas gable let's go to the borgata next right here in the Lombardi on on vsin the sports betting network MGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, come on up. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. I cannot wait for UFC 276 tonight. we got two title mm-hmm. bouts on tap here in Las Vegas, Michael. It's going to be electric. Are you going? Are you going to go? I'm not. You know, I'm not going to go because you and I got to do this show so early that even out here for me, I'm an old timer now, Michael. I got to get some sleep. So I literally watch at home and then I go right to bed. Immediately I go to bed and try wow. to shut down my yeah. brain afterwards. Where will this be? Where And we got to welcome Thomas in because yes. I don't want to keep him waiting. So we'll t- hit it when he comes on. You got to bring in Thomas Gable right now, of course, the race and sportsbook director at the Borgata uh, and follow him on Twitter as I do at T Gable Sports. Thomas, great to have you on. I was talking to Michael how excited I am for UFC 276 tonight. Uh, and, you know, we've been talking about it here in the network all week long with these two title bouts. I am curious where the money's gone because I know out here it feels like Israel Adesanya, the last style bender against Jared Cannonier. You're hard pressed to get dog action here so far, Thomas. Are you seeing any action come in on the Killer Gorilla or has this been all one way traffic so far with Israel Adesanya? Uh, pretty much one way at this point on Adesanya, but I think now with him being a $5 favorite at this point, it's pretty price prohibitive to bet him straight up. So you're seeing Adesanya thrown in a lot of parlays, uh, which is typical when, when there's a big favorite like that. I think you'll get some money on the dog as we get closer uh, just due to price. But uh, I, I think when you're looking at this fight here, uh, with the bigger cage at T-Mobile, I think it's going to benefit Adesanya. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he wants to maintain that distance, stay on his feet. He, you know, he has the height, reach, speed advantage here. And Challenger, 
really have to kind of look to limit the movement of Adesanya. Um, so I think if you're betting this fight with people, if you're not going to be betting this fight straight up, they're looking for value in some of the props, whether it's the over and the round prop, uh, you know, certainly look for the best number, uh, you know, go and over four and a half rounds, minus 105 here. Uh, if you're looking, maybe fight to go to distance, um, method of victory, uh, that's another popular one people will be looking at here with Adesanya. Uh, if you want him by decision, he's plus 120 here. So that's how I think people are going to probably be looking at betting this particular fight. Um, and the other thing, uh, I certainly want to get your thoughts on that too, on the fight. But uh, other thing I wanted to mention, one thing we're trying out here for the first time, uh, that we always put up props for each individual fight for the, for these UFC cards. Mm-hmm. First time we're doing this, we're putting up props for the entire main card. So uh, the number of knockouts that you will see on the main card, wow. you can bet that. Uh, the number of submissions you'll see on the main card in total, uh, you can bet that. Uh, number of fights on the main card to go to distance, you can bet that. So we have numbers up for for all of those different scenarios, if you want to uh, look at betting those types of things tonight. That is fascinating, Thomas. Uh, you know, I look at it too, Michael. This feels like for, for old boxing heads like myself, really, uh, before UFC really became in vogue in the last 20 years, this this style, as Thomas mentioned, you know, Adesanya has all the physical advantages in here. Cannonier, the crazy part about him is he's fought at three different weight classes uh, in the UFC. He fought yeah. at heavyweight, then he fought at light heavyweight, and now he's down to middleweight. You normally don't see that. Normally the inverse is true, right? Evander Holyfield was a blown-up cruiserweight who went up to heavyweight and became the heavyweight champion against Mike Tyson. So I look at Cannoneer as kind of that Tyson. He's got to bully Adesanya. And Thomas, mm-hmm. you just made a very astute observation, this fight being in T-Mobile. That bigger cage, that bigger octagon will help out Adesanya to try to keep distance. If the killer gorilla can close distance, then I think he's got a shot. You mentioned the props that you've got up there at the Borgata, where how many stoppages you might get. Well, right now, the Comey in the main event are both four and a half rounds for potential five round bouts. So they're expecting these fights go to go deep into the Vegas night. I could see a scenario here, gentlemen, where Cannonier goes for the kill early. And if he can't get it, the gas tank being the naturally bigger man could kind of start to evaporate. And that's where I could see Adesanya possibly getting a late stoppage. He's not had a whole lot of stoppages lately in his brilliant uh, middleweight career here. But I do think there's a scenario there that that could come into play and maybe play the under four and a half rounds. That is a prop that I'm playing tonight on the side uh, versus the, 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 or the total rather versus the side. Let's get to the co-main event here because normally, gentlemen, as you guys know, in boxing, you don't get trilogies where one guy has won two, the first two. You normally don't get a third fight, but we're going to get that tonight with Max Holloway here uh, in the co-made event against Alexander Volkanovsky, who is the champion still and has been undefeated in his UFC career. And, Thomas, I'm curious there what you're seeing the wagering in New Jersey because out here it does feel like some of the Sharps I've talked to feel like Volk has actually gotten better. Are you seeing any dog action come in on Max at about plus, two, uh, plus 170, or has it been, again, more for the champion? No, that it, this one is interesting because, as you said, the third meeting between these two with uh, Volkanovski winning the first two by decision. Um, and if you think this one will go to a decision again, uh, you can get a plus price uh, on both fighters to win by decision if you if you want to look at that way. But the over four and a half rounds here bet up to minus two sixty. Uh, you know, both of these guys like to get out to a fast pace. I don't think there's much value on Volkanovski uh, at this point, but. Uh, 
the one thing we are seeing is some Holloway money here. Uh, Holloway is getting bet here. So, Dave, would you consider the dog here in Holloway? Absolutely. And this is something I, I discussed last night uh, with Tim Murray uh, on the nightcap. I, I love you just mentioned it. You know, when you look at the four and a half rounds, I don't see a scenario where you really get a stoppage with the hands. These guys look, Max Holloway, think of this gentleman. Even though he's lost the last two to, to Alex Volkanovsky, he's never been knocked down, let alone stopped. Uh, right now, now, Conor McGregor submitted him way back in the day early on. But in these f- title bouts, Max doesn't even go down. And the same thing for Volkanovsky. If he didn't get stopped by Brian Ortega in that title defense, I don't know how you stop Volk. So I do like the over here. And I think you're right, Thomas. I'm seeing some some value in Max Holloway via decision at almost 3-1 to one that I'm seeing out here mm-hmm. in Sin City. So to me, if I'm going to play the dog in Max instead of playing the plus 170, plus 160, I don't see a scenario where he gets a stoppage, but I can see a scenario with the new scoring that he can win on points. So I think that's the value play there for me is Holloway via decision at plus $3. Yeah, not not a bad play at all with that, and we're we're actually um, I, we we actually took some uh, what I would consider sharper money there on Holloway by decision. And, and I think that that's the way that I would play that. You mentioned the props that you have here on this main card, and it's littered with Hall of Famers to be. And I'm not just talking about the co-main in the main event tonight. When you got the ruthless one, Robbie Lawler uh, back in action, you got Jim Miller against Cowboy Cerrone. Thomas, do you see? MMA fans betting those fights because they love to watch those fighters and then they back them financially. They do. And I'll tell you, that's uh, you mentioned one of those names, Robbie Lawler. He's uh, taking quite a bit of money here. And the one thing with MMA um, fighting you with these cards, you, the majority of the handle comes in day of, and certainly uh, just a few hours or even minutes before the fight. That's, that's really people are running up between fights to the window to, to get down on the next fight. But um, the money we've taken in advance on this card has been pretty great. And uh, I certainly think this is going to outhandle MLB. This is going to be the biggest betting market of the day here in the book. Is going to be the UFC um, as a whole. And uh, some of these fights have already taken quite a bit of handle. Uh, the Waller fight in particular, um, uh, Waller is getting bet here and um, – uh, so he, he's been a popular pick so far. You know, that that's fascinating to me too, gentlemen, because I look at it and I go, I know out here in Vegas, obviously at T-Mobile tonight, it's going to be incredible atmosphere and it's big in Las Vegas. But Thomas, to hear that back in the East Coast, this will be your, your most bet event of the day and of the weekend. That's a pretty good sign for, for Dana White and the corporation that now this thing really has transcended coast to coast. And it doesn't have to be at Barclay. It doesn't have to be at MSG. You're still going to get a lot of flavor on the East Coast for this fight card? Oh, 100%. We always do. And that's been the one, I think, surprising thing for me since uh, we've been doing this legally in Jersey uh, has been the UFC and just how popular it's been uh, betting-wise. Uh, it, it's especially the pay-per-views, but even even the fight nights and you know the the ESPN cards, they take good handle too. But uh, nothing beats a UFC pay-per-view. I mean, it's just uh, you get a lot of people in the book watching it, and the handle has always been good. Well, I, I can't. And you got the Fourth of July weekend. I mean, you, you're you're already packed <laughs> yeah. over there to begin with, yeah. Thomas. I mean, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a great weekend uh, awesome. at the Borgata. Uh, that is for sure. Again, Thomas Gable, follow him on Twitter, as I do, at T Gable Sports. Thomas, appreciate it. Can't wait for UFC 276. Thanks for giving us a little insight at what's going on there at the Borgata. 
Thanks, TG. All right, thank you, guys. All right, have a great 4th of July weekend. Uh, Michael, when we come, come back, I can't believe we're going to put a bow on this edition here. Wow, of fast, the, fast just, show today. It's just flying by. Uh, come on back. We've got much more to get to here on the Lombardi Line. I'm Vison, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening.
wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code VEGAS1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vsun.com slash horses for details. Use the bonus code VEGAS1000. Wrapping things up here on the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi. I am Dave Ross. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And, Michael, I do want to get back to the NBA. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. It yeah. was breaking news uh, when we were on the program that Malcolm Brogdon was now the new point guard for the Boston Celtics. And I've seen their, their numbers have changed a little bit uh, in the betting market since then. They're about plus 550 market-wide to cut down. They don't cut down the nets like the kids do in college. They should in the NBA, but they don't. I, I think it's a significant trade that, that you get a Malcolm Brogdon there. I don't know if this is the end, and they say that's now good enough. You know, we talked about bargaining chips here. If they really want to get into the KD sweepstakes, do you think that Brad Stevens in the front office is going, all right, now we got a point guard that's not going to turn it over. If we keep the defensive efficiency that we had a year ago, Jason Tatum's a little bit better in the finals next year. Is this a championship roster that you see? Well, I think they got a point guard that's not going to turn the ball over if he can stay healthy. And I think if Robert Williams is completely healthy, I think he can make a difference too. So if you're Brad Stevens, you're sitting there saying, look, I'm pretty content where I am. I mean, this is a significant move that I was able to make without really giving up any assets. I mean, let's be clear. He didn't give up anything for this. I mean, so he didn't give up anything he can't replace. Let me say that. Mm. So to me, it's a great move for Boston. And it certainly enhances their play, their chances to come back and duplicate their season. Now he sits in position and says, where am I going? And I can second order think here. If I get if I get if I trade this to if I trade this to uh, if I trade this for KD, what's my team look like? If I trade that, what's my team look like? I do think I do think there'll be players, but I do think the Nets are going to be very strategic. I think the Nets are not caring about Kevin Durant's demands. He doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract. He's got four more years. So they can do whatever they want. I think Toronto's a sleeper in the Kevin Durant because they have a ton of assets. Oh, wow. They have good players, and they have assets. And they've got a smart general manager. And so I think that they could certainly be players in this. And I think that, that the Nets are going to want something back. Right. They're going to want something back of significance. You know, and people are saying, well, they'll take Anton and Bridges. You're getting two good players, not a superstar. Like, we have such a hard, tr- hard problem in our, in, in our evaluations of sports is because of max contracts, we move players from who are good into superstars. Yeah, there's very few superstars. There's very few blue-chip players, right? Right. There's just very few of them. And so we kind of, because a guy got a max contract, that doesn't necessarily mean he's a blue-chip. But the the segue I want to make here now is if Rudy Gobert goes for four number one picks and a bunch of players, (laughs) what do you think Durant's going to go for? Oh, my God. I mean, just, it's right. to, To try to figure that out after what was given up to get Rudy Gobert, it's astounding. I mean, Rudy Gobert doesn't play come playoff time. I mean, he can't play come playoff time. Yeah, he, well, he, it's tough when you space him out, right? And all of a sudden, your rim stopper, everybody's shooting threes. So it's hard to have a rim stopper when, when you're trying to put Rudy Gobert I mean, in the He's a great defensive player. Right. He's a great defensive player. I mean, I'm not sure. Look, I think Tim Connolly must be really good. I think he did a great job in, in Denver. And so he knows way more about what he's planning to do than I do. So I'm not criticizing the deal. Right. Everybody said he overpaid. Okay, he probably did. But he has to have something else up his sleeve. Like, he did not make this. He knows 
more about where he's going than all of us do. So before we criticize the deal, he's got something else up his sleeve. There's no doubt. He's too smart. No question. Like he just didn't do this because you're not going to be able to. I mean, I know Towns was the best three-point shooter last year and won the contest, but it just doesn't make any sense to have this much money into two players that play the five that the five doesn't impact the game unless he can shoot threes. And by the way, some of the numbers that I'm seeing, and, and the, the market's been switching dramatically even in the last 24 hours with the rumor mill, right? Phoenix all of a sudden became the short, shortest favorite on the board to win the title. That is back now to Boston. And by the way, Boston is the favorite to win the East over Milwaukee. You mentioned Toronto. They're 20-1 to 1 to win the East. I think that, that that might not be a bad value play depending on if they're really in the KD sweepstakes. I want to talk about Milwaukee very quickly because, again, with the Brogdon news, and that's big news for Boston backers, what's Milwaukee got to do? Because they weren't good enough last year to beat Boston, and they didn't have Malcolm Brogdon last year. So clearly, at least right now as it stands, Boston's gotten better. Is Milwaukee going to be a not? – they're not, clearly not a player for KD. I can't see a scenario where that happens. But they've got to do something else, Michael, right now because they're the second betting favorite to win the East. Philadelphia, by the way, and Miami right now are the third and fourth options at about 5-1. to one. Well, I mean, look, they get a healthy Middleton back. That's a huge bump. Right? Oh, there you go. They yep. signed Joe Inglese. They get a left-handed guy who can make threes and knock down shots. So add those two guys back to the team, and all of a sudden, you know, Connaughton is not playing as many minutes as he is, and you're not relying on George Hill. And the bench improves. You get a better bench. You know, I thought they might be – or signed DiVincenzo back, but he got a good deal. I thought the Warriors did a smart deal getting him. He mm-hmm. fits perfectly. Gives him another wing player, replaces Otto Porter, who Toronto just added to their team. So, you know, Toronto, to me, has pieces. I think Milwaukee just getting Middleton back, David, I think that gives them a hell of an advantage. And, you know, they're going to continue to come along here. But, you know, I, I think when you look – to me, I don't see how Toronto could enter in the in the sweepstakes to get – Durant without Scotty Barnes in the deal. Uh, without exactly. Scotty Barnes That's in right. the deal, I, I think you got to get that. I, I think Scotty Barnes is the reason you want to. I mean, it, you're not going to be able to entice him with Van Fleet or anybody Pascal else. Siakam. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I, I think that the, if you're Sean Marks in Brooklyn, you're saying, okay, if I'm going to trade Durant, I want, I want these are the three young players that have Durant like ability, and I got to have them back on my team. But Scotty Barnes might be one of those guys. Yeah, he really might be. What a, what a what a brilliant rookie year he had. Brooklyn, by the way, is ten to one to win the East. So, you know, oh, come on, that's a there's no chance. I mean, there's no chance. I mean, Ben Simmons is on the team. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I tweeted today jokingly. Don't you think Ben Simmons will now announce he'd like to get traded because he's taken? I mean, look, he's took Brooklyn as far as he could take them. I mean, who's done more for Brooklyn than Ben Simmons? So, like, he probably wants to trade out. Now, what, what we talked about yesterday is really important. You can't have two rookies on the right. team that just got extended. So that limits – like that limits Aiton coming to the Brooklyn Nets. They have to trade Aiton somewhere else to get more assets. I, I'm right there with you again, 10 to 1 for Brooklyn. But the theory there would be they can't move KD all of a sudden. He's still stuck in, in Brooklyn. They don't have to, you know, Kyrie, he's opted in, but they can't move him. I mean, those are, those are the tentacles that would have to happen. Then they'd have to play together with the big three. I'm with you. There's just too many moving parts there in Brooklyn to back that number at 10 to 1. We've got about three minutes to go uh, before the end of the show here, Michael. And I do want to switch back to something we talked about with Carl Johnson uh, in, the, in the last hour, and that is the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Now, for me, Michael, yeah. it's the most disgusting thing that we do yeah. in America 
each and every year that's become a tradition. I just want to know what your over-under would be in 10 minutes, knowing the rules. Because Joey Chestnut, by the way, his over-under for 10 minutes is 74 and a half hot dogs. Michael Lombardi, how many hot dogs could you consume in 10 minutes? What's the line? Oh, I mean, I, I think I could get me four, three or four. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the bread's going to fill you up, isn't it? Yeah, and I haven't done the cleanse. I mean, I haven't done the cleanse like Joey has. I mean, it's kind of a sad commentary. And we're overeating has become an event in America. Not that a I don't overeat because I'm a fat guy. But, I mean, like, seriously, like, overeating is now, you know, a, a, a thing. So I, I don't know how the hell he does it. I really don't. I mean, and the fact that he la- he jokes about training for it. I mean, like he's serious. He is serious. Look, I, I'm going to bet the over. I think I think Joey Chestnut on the fifth of July every year decides how he's going to eat more hot dogs. <laughs> and by the way, Carl's on the over as well. I hope you watched. He, 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 look, it's juiced a little bit at minus. I'm going 40. with Carl. I mean, if anybody knows food and the ability to eat, it's Carl Johnson at no, the Biloxi. No question. And uh, Brady Cannon, who's in studio, just asked me to ask you. Michael, what we want to set the number for Josh Applebaum, our buddy in Boston. What do you, how many do you think that, that Josh with the proper technique, and I don't know what the proper technique is. How many do you think Josh could get that? Does he beat you in a 10 minute race? Oh, I think, I, I think, I mean, Josh probably could, you know, I think he's younger than I am. And, you know, he's kind of got a lot of, you know, he's able to do it. He probably got a better technique and, you know, he's probably got those dogs are steamed. So it really makes it better for him because he loves steam. We know he loves steam. And so when you get steam in it, you know, you get a steamed hot dog. Like for me, I like a grilled hot dog. Josh right. likes a steam hot dog. <laughs> you got to follow the steam always. And by the way, programming update, I, I believe on Monday's show, Stormy Bonantoni, our own, is going to have a hot dog eating contest live on VEASAN. And I believe the rules are still being worked out. I think it's going to be a five-minute contest. She- is she going against my man, Humans? I mean, where is Humans in all this? He we're trying needs to, get, to be involved. We're trying to get Matt in there. I, I think Ben Wilson, who I think is a sneaky favorite here at VEASAN to win this event here, even though Ben in some private text says he's really not that good of an eater. It's going to be a show. You don't want to miss it. But again, right now, Joey Chestnut, the over is set at 74 and a half. We're all playing the over here. He's going to get to 80. Uh, Michael, it was a lot of fun, my friend. As always, want to thank Thomas Gable and, of course, Carl Johnson for joining us as well. Enjoy the rest of the day of your programming here thanks david thanks Stephen bond thank you it is vison mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferreira the wait is over guys all stars four is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.